what is real? What is not real? And what is only acceptably real? Hello, Joe. Hi, Jerry. Hey. How's it going? Pretty good. good. I was wondering if you wanted to talk about ghosts. Um, yeah. Is that even a question? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I was born to talk about ghosts, my man. Ghosts are interesting because to me, it's it's uh, if during the day, I don't really believe in them. But uh-huh. late at night or in the middle of the night when everything's dark, I do. Sure. In the, in the absence of light, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. When there's when there's no illumination, my imagination takes over, and I will believe just about anything. Mm. Also, it has something to do with how much alcohol I've consumed. <laughs> I don't know. I, f- I feel like uh, yeah, it is scarier at night, but I mean, it's just because you can't see anything. It's not. Well, I've seen, well, no, have I seen things? No, I have not actually seen things. I have heard and felt things and I've got some pretty good ghost stories, but I thought we'd go into this first. Sure. Because here's, here's how I would say ghosts are acceptably real. And I'm going to go to some prepared notes of mine. That uh, full disclosure, I've actually already shared with Joe. So we, we know what we're talking about. Or we, we know what each other will be referring mm-hmm. to. But e- Elon Musk publicly stated that there is a billion to one chance that we're living in base reality. In other words, he and many others have done the math and concluded that, correct my pronunciation, Occam's razor. Yes. Occam's razor actually favors our reality being a type of matrix or simulation. I don't know if I really subscribe to this, but it's really this is an interesting premise, and I want to I want to phrase our our I want to bookend our discussion with that. Um, Richard Rich Terrell, a scientist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, says that if one progresses at the current rate of technology a few decades into the future, very quickly, we will be a society where there are artificial entities living in simulations that are much more abundant than human beings. If there are as many more, if there are many more simulated minds than organic ones, then the chances of us being among the real minds starts to look more and more unlikely. And I'm going to skip a lot of this other stuff in my notes here because it it just kind of repeats things. But quite frankly, if we are not living in a simulation, it is extraordinarily unlikely circumstances, says Terrell. And even Neil deGrasse Tyson let me, let me scroll down here, says that it is very likely our universe is a simulation. So if our universe is actually a simulation, that makes, to me, ghosts more likely because right. then you're not talking about, you're not talking about supernatural, you're talking about natural things if or simulated natural things. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of critics who disagree with with simulation theory, but it's interesting to note that their strongest scientific argument is that the idea is just silly. And that's not a, that's not a scientific argument. So 
Could ghosts, my question would be, could ghosts be either a glitch in the matrix or something put into our reality to just to see how we react to it by whoever's running the simulation? Mm-hmm. Or is the simulation just something that, well, one of the other scientists I read said that they were talking about whether or not we can test to see if this is a simulation. But another scientist come, came back, and I forgot who he was. I don't, I don't remember. But his, he said, that's only if they're simulating physics in the same way that it is in the base reality. Whereas if our physics in the simulation is different than their physics, there is no way to test. Right. It could be, see, and one of the reasons that they think this is a simulation is because everything can be broken down into basically bits, just like a computer. Whereas we're, uh, we're wondering if in base reality, outside the simulation, there are no bits and bytes and, and particles. It's all very analog. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's all waves, not waves and particles. It's all waves. Yeah, definitely. I, I've been researching this too. Um, one of the things that kind of brought on this theory was the idea of mathematics and how many patterns there are within mathematics in the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely something that... Yeah, you know, you look at it and you're like, oh, weird. Um, can this happen randomly? Like, can mathematics like this precise happen at random? Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely where that whole idea came from. Um, so, well, given given infinity, very unlikely things will happen all the time. Right. If you're you're looking at an infinite amount of possibilities then some random weird thing will happen. Like a a good example is it is possible, but very unlikely that all the air in a room can all just suddenly decide to go to one corner of the room and blow the room up. Right. It's absolutely possible. It's very unlikely, but given enough time, which we have infinity, it will happen. And so. (laughs) Got a point. Got a point. (laughs) How funny would that be? Well, it, I mean, there there could be, you know, some of the things I thought of is, like, I have witnessed auditory things. Like, Can you, like what? Okay. I'm, I'm actually per- perfect, excited to hear. Perfect example. Um, a redhead and I, who you know, were oh, sitting at a farmhouse that she was living in. Completely, we absolutely, no one else in the house we know this for a, a concrete fact. And she had been complaining about ghosties, as she calls them, in, in that house for ghosties. years. Okay. Ghosties is what she calls them. <laughs> she blamed all sorts of things on ghosties. And like I said, I don't believe in it during the day, and I kind of do at night. So we're sitting there at the table in the kitchen, alone, talking, and suddenly hear very distinct footsteps going up the stairs behind us. Like, Right there, like you could turn around and see the stairs, but there's nothing there. And but, but they was, sounded like footsteps to you, like they actually like real like like human style, and not lightly either, and not quietly. They were creaking footsteps, yeah. rhythmically going up the stairs, not 
not an odd creak here and there, not not a light pattering, not something that you could mistake for something else. It was literally footsteps going up the stairs. Wow. That's not the only thing that's ever happened. But I mean, so, are, you know, the human mind will leap to ghost, right? But right. it could be, it could be given, <laughs> given infinity and the fact that random strange things can happen. It could be maybe the wood just happened to creak in that way that makes it sound like it, right? Mm, that's I don't not, know. I don't know. That's, I don't that's, know. That's, but I mean, that's, or it could be that we were hearing some sort of delayed sound through some, some wormhole through time or something like that where we were actually hearing something that happened six months ago. Mm. But, or, or it could have been a ghost, but why would a ghost that you would argue has no weight and doesn't exist as a physical object actually actually move wooden stairs to the point that they would creak? So, I mean, that's, but it happened. I mean, it happened right in front of us. You know, and, and it's not, it wasn't just you, it was your friend too. Oh yeah. Right. And that's, that's kind of what we, we looked have to at each other here. as it was happening. I'm like, are you hearing this? And he goes, yes, I'm hearing that. It's the ghosty. And this happened in your shared, your shared reality, man. Yeah, this wasn't it just wasn't, your it, own reality. Right? Yeah. Now um, there was also a period of time. I mean, well, everybody who stayed at that house reported something. All right. And she mm-hmm. had a roommate for a while who had some outlandish stories. She had kids there who had some pretty outlandish stories who claimed they saw things. Um, but I'm going to just talk about what I experienced because I know at one point I was staying there alone because she had gone somewhere and I woke up in the middle of the night with a woman's voice very clearly saying my name in an agitated way. And I thought it was, but it didn't sound like, but I thought it had to be. And then I thought, Oh my God, is it one of her daughters? Oh shit. I said her name. I'll have to bleep that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and uh, so I like, I, I got up, I turned the light on because it sounded like it came from the corner of the room. And of course, nothing's there. And I go and I look around the house. There's nobody in the house at all. Nobody. And, and it was my name. So, I mean, the possibilities are it was a ghost or a spirit or uh, a wormhole through time where I heard someone else saying my name or it was some um, anomaly where I somehow picked up a voice saying my name, but it was from another house, like a mile away or <laughs> which is possible, not mm-hmm. likely, but possible or people who are running the simulation decide to fuck with me. <laughs> Actually, that sounds like the most logical answer. If you're going to assume the, the that ma- we live the in masters a masters of the universe are having a couple beers and like, no, no. <laughs> that Jerry well, I, I know <laughs> if, if right I'm now. playing, uh, <laughs> If I'm playing a video game and the video game has some like NPC characters who are actually, who knows if they're self-aware or not, but they're, they're intel, uh, artificial intelligent entities in the game, in that world, I like to screw with them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who yeah. knows if we are or not. I mean, I apparently if you look at it from some angles, it's more likely that we are than not. 
Oh man. So I like that story. Do you have any more? Like oh, I have a bunch. Um, when I, I moved my family into a house in Plano, Texas, um, I was alone the very first night and I was moving stuff in. The moment I walked into that house, you ever have that feeling, you know, that someone else is there with you? Sure. It's a very familiar feeling. You know that someone is in the house with you. I don't know if it's a sixth sense or if it's just this, you know, you, you could subliminally hear something that just lets you know you're not alone. There's another living, moving entity in the house. Well, living is maybe not the right word. Um, but from the moment I entered that house by myself, I never felt alone, ever, ever, to the point where I was convinced that there was a spirit in that house. And so I humored myself and, you know, acted like there was. And I also, but I, you know, I kind of kept it a secret because I didn't want to scare the kids or anybody. So I, I, it was just a, a joke to me. And the house itself. Mm -hmm. But then there was this incident where the kids would have this bad habit of opening like a can of uh, cola and drinking half of it and letting the other half just sit there and they forget about it and they go get another one and they drink half that and set it down and forget about it. And so the house would be full of these half empty colas. And I was kind of getting annoyed at that and I kind of tried to crack down on it and you know, told him off. And then the very next morning realized I had done exactly the same thing. So I was not happy with myself. It was sitting on my desk and I looked at it inside and, you know, walked out of the room and around the corner, grabbed something, came back out and the can, and I was literally gone for 10 seconds. I mean, walked around the corner, grabbed something, walked around. The can was not on my desk. It was sitting on the carpet in the middle of the room. Oh, man. Everybody else was asleep. I went and checked. So that was the, first, the, the only real physical thing that happened besides uh, something else that was explainable. We had a coffee pot explode at one point. Um, but then after... Um, my ex and I started splitting up and she went out to California with the kids and I'm home by myself there, just me and the dog. We had a golden retriever. The dog had this bad habit or a habit of growling and barking at things that we couldn't see. And her name was Sunny and it was just her and I, and I was like at the dining room table with a laptop and she was growling at something near the front door, not the front door itself, but something near the front door, like three feet away from it. And she was looking at a specific spot. So I get up and I'm, I'm by this time I'm, you know, kind of freaking out. I walk over right. and she moves and she's looking her, you know, cause you're how dogs will point at something. If I moved her, she was pointing at the same thing. No matter where I moved her, she was pointing at a specific spot. And it was like four feet away from the front door. And so I did the scientific thing. I stepped into it. <laughs> I stepped into the area. And I got this immediate cold blast chill that, you know, that people will tell you you'll get. Now, I don't know if it's because I expected it or mm -hmm. what, but I did. And I felt it. And then the dog was like, okay, everything's fine now. And 
she like that was it. Thank you, Dad, for exercising the demon. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, or, or accepting uh, it into my body. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is pretty crazy. Did you ever feel like you said you never felt alone in the house? Did you ever feel beyond that point? Um, any other kind of chills that like somebody's watching you or like kind of like that feeling in the back of your neck? And you kind of look around. Not, not really, because uh, if if it was a spirit, it was a benevolent, friendly one kind of got that a feeling that it was like a grandmotherly, you know, interested mm-hmm. in what we're doing, wants to help you kind of feeling. It was a very friendly feeling. Huh. Never scary, never never threatening, never malevolent. You know what I mean? Yeah, very good. So, um, and I, I've got actually I, some ghost stories I published from when I was younger. You should post those if you have any online. And oh, maybe I do. Post there, there, those in the show notes. Yeah, there's uh, there's one weird one where my uh, when I was a kid, my grandmother on my mom's side passed away, and um, and I, I was like really too young to be aware much of anything other than everybody being upset and you know grandma was gone and I I don't really remember her much. She was only 14 years older than my mom. So I, I wasn't even supposed to call her grandma. She was Nana. And um, one day this box arrives in the mail, and it's it's her ashes. And her wish was for my father to take her ashes up into an airplane. You know, and I told you about it. He's got an air. He had an airplane. Right. And um, uh, sprinkle like just like fairy dust her ashes over a, her favorite parts of the forest in Oregon where they all used to live. And so my father's like, yeah, of course I'll do that. And then he doesn't get around to it. And it's sitting, the box is sitting on the like, the dining room table for months. And then at some point they got tired of it or he got tired of it. So, so it, it gets moved to a shelf in the garage <laughs> It's my grandmother. Oh my God. And so almost immediately after that happened, my mom noticed things around the house being disturbed. Um, and they were familiar to her, like things that her and her mom used to argue about. Like, um, and I don't remember it was higher or lower, but they always liked the house either hotter or colder. And mm-hmm. so she would set the thermostat and then like 10 minutes later, go back and see that it was changed and it would go on and on. And they also used to argue about how hot to cook certain things in the oven. So she'd set the oven and then leave the kitchen, come back and see that it had been turned, <laughs> you know, so those kind of things. And then there was, um, and this went on for like a year or so. I don't remember how long, but it Your was quite a while. Unhappy. And so at that point, we had a long-haired chihuahua named Taffy. And that dog also had the, the, uh, the habit of looking and barking at things we couldn't see. And so Taffy started barking and growling at something in the house. And it, this was going on and on. And there was this one night where my dad was gone on a... Uh, uh, a business trip and mm-hmm. my mom and I th- were there alone with Taffy 
And they used to let me stay up late to watch Johnny Carson's monologue before I'd go back, go to bed for school. And we're sitting there watching Johnny Carson and we, the dog starts growling and we see her watching something we can't see cross the living room. And then she's looking at the, the rocking chair and the freaking rocking chair moved. That is creepy. And I remember I like jumped and my mom was like looking at me like, are are you seeing this too? We were kind of having one of those moments. And um, it was like, as soon as my dad got home from that trip, my mom said, you have to go take care of those ashes. (laughs) And so I think he took that seriously. And so he and I flew up to Oregon and uh, he he was like, okay, we're over the the forest now. Now you have to open the box and put them out the window. Well, you can't crank down a window on an airplane. It's like this little flap that opens in the corner, like a little tiny hole. Mm -hmm. I would say about four inches by five inches. And the moment you open it, it's like a freaking hurricane. It's like, and the, like it, you know, and so, so I, I open the box and there's the ashes in the box in a really thick plastic bag. And I take a knife and I cut it open and I try to get it into the hole and you can't. And suddenly her ashes are blowing all around us in the airplane and getting in her eyes and our mouths. And I'm like, I'm trying to hold it up against this thing. And finally it just sucked the whole bag and everything out of my hands and out of the airplane. Dear listener, we're going to pause for a moment to allow space for a sponsor message, which may or may not show up depending on some mysterious algorithm. We'll be right back. Hey, Jerry here. As some of you may have guessed, part of my day job involves setting up and maintaining websites. Recently, I had a project where I needed to convert an older website to WordPress, and part of the challenge was choosing the perfect website hosting service. I did a lot of research, and I finally chose DreamHost. Not only is DreamHost widely recognized, but they're the number one recommended hosting service by WordPress themselves. And WordPress has their own web hosting service, but they still wholeheartedly endorse DreamHost. Well, since then, I discovered I like DreamHost so much that I moved all my personal websites to DreamHost, including the blog for this podcast. And it is my great pleasure to have DreamHost be an affiliate sponsor to this show. And we can offer you, our listeners, $50 off if you sign up using our link. Now, we chose them. They didn't choose us. We wanted them specifically as a sponsor. So if you are wanting to set up a website or a blog, and especially if you want to use WordPress, the easiest and most trusted content management system out there, just go to acceptablyreal.com slash dreamhost and sign up. Once again, if you use our link, you'll end up with $50 off and you'll be helping our show. Remember that link, acceptablyreal.com slash dreamhost, and get your website up and running today. Okay, the space for a sponsor message has passed. And with that, we return to the show. Because oh <laughs> we're God. going like 300 miles an hour. Yeah. So, <laughs> did so anything that, else happen after that? No. Those. So after that, we get home and nothing else happened, and so oh. it was it was gone. So that's like 
that's the biggest ghost story I've got. Um, there was, there's one more where, um, actually there's, there's, there's one more, and I'm sorry if I'm going on and on. Want to going. Um, when I was a teenager, I used to take my camera out with my friends to, um, um, uh, a little rural cemetery cemetery in uh, Lodi, California, and set up on a tripod and take timed exposures, seeing if I could capture something. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did it on and off for a couple months. And uh, at the time, I was going to um, a junior college and taking photography. And so I was developing my own film and everything. And so... We're out there one night, and we took a bunch of, you know, pictures, and we're just shooting the shit and having fun, and um, we go home. We didn't see anything. Nothing nothing out of the ordinary happened, but I remember being in the dark room, and I had developed the, the negatives, and so I was, I was, you know, I made a proof of all of them, and I'm looking at the proof as it's developing, and I see something in one of the, f- I remember the feeling I got. The hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. I got a chill. There's a swirl around one of the gravestones, right? And I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And so I take a magnifier and I'm looking at it. And not only is there a white swirl around it, but the tombstone is, is, is angled up on one edge, with nothing supporting the other edge. So it's like oh it's God. being pushed to the side and, and, and kind of tilted up. And so I'm like, I, I made prints of it. And the, and I, I, the, the prints are actually out on, uh, on, on my website. And, and I couldn't explain it. We, we, didn't, we didn't see, I mean, if there was, I, I, if, see, a lot of my friends knew I could fake something like this, and I could. It's very easy to fake something like that. All you have to do is take a white cloth and hang it from, a, from say, a, a, a fishing pole from a string and then move it around with a, with a, a shutter open. And it would, it would register something like that. Mm-hmm. But, but how would you, how would you get the, the stone to be tilted up to one side? It was a heavy stone because we went back and looked at it. And it was sitting square on its base. So what it was, it was a, it's like a, a stone base, and the gravestone was sitting on top of it, just sitting there. It was a really old gravestone. And you could move it and tilt it around and everything, but it wasn't easy. It took some physical effort. Um, so that, that was not proof of anything. It was just weird. Wow. So my, my friend Jeanette and I, she got really interested at this point and we started going out there doing it and she was a very interesting person. She liked, um, she was really into Stevie Nicks and studied witchcraft and she would wear those, you know, those Stevie Nicks witchy black outfits and she was like really sexy and kind of looked like uh, Bridget Bardot. Um, I got pictures of her up there too. Um, And so we would go out and, and take pictures and I would do some dramatic pictures of her and things like that. And at one point, uh, these teenagers came out and we hid from them and they're like daring everybody, each other to go into the graveyard. And so they, they come in and everything and she goes, watch this. And she gets up and starts slow motion, 
walking <laughs> toward them, and they completely lost their mind and tore their clothes, jumping over the fence and screeching off in the car. That, that was like super funny. Oh, but man. Then, then we realized that I, I'd lost my car keys somewhere. <laughs> and it's pitch black in the middle of the night, and we go looking around, and I, I I don't even remember. I had some sort of little flashlight, but it wasn't much. We couldn't find the keys. And this was to my old Subaru Brat. And, but luckily, I had a key in one of those magnetic boxes clamped up under the, the bumper, right? Mm-hmm. So we're able to get home. And so the next morning, her and I come out looking for the keys, and we're looking around. And I jokingly said to the spirits... Hey, if you guys find my keys, can you put it right here on this? It was like the corner of this small brick wall around a, a section of gravestones. And we go searching around, searching around. I take some more pictures and we're walking. Don't find the keys. We're walking back. And I swear to God, nobody else was out there. We would have seen it. And this was like a very lonely place out in the middle of nowhere. And we come walking back and the keys are sitting right fucking right where I had asked them to put it. They were sitting right there. And I remember Jeanette and I looked at each other and we looked at the keys and we're, and she's like, Oh geez, let's get out of here. And we like, I grabbed the keys and I, I thanked the, whatever spirits they were. We ran to the car and jumped in and got the hell out. And I don't think we ever really went back after that. That was pretty freaky. But again, no proof. You know, there could have been someone hiding there. No, could have been those kids back trying to see what was going on. Yeah, but I mean, we we didn't see a thing, and so it's just another spooky story. So that's that's my experience with ghosts. Okay, Um, and and so I don't really know how to tie that into what we're talking about with the simulation and everything. Well, I'm just saying. The simulation is a premise that ghosts have some sort of foundation other than being supernatural. Well, look here. Or or supernatural can be framed in a superset of that simulation, which then makes it completely possible. Sure. Go ahead. Today we have all that, you know, this virtual reality, augmented reality technology is coming out, right? Yeah. So thing about that is you know we're not quite there where that you can convince yourself that you are somewhere else like you know it's kind of cool kind of gimmicky to kind of put something on look around and be able to look oh look i'm in cuba or look i'm in the beaches of mexico mm-hmm. you know but you don't it doesn't convince you you still know that you have a, a headset on yeah it doesn't convince you that there so you know that tells us though that we're kind of on the way there on the way to do that and that kind of captures you know the kind of idea that at some point we will get to this point where this, maybe the simulation is kind of possible for us to create. Right. Um, Especially if you well, put quantum computing in there, which could be infinitely powerful. Yeah. See, there's that. And then when you have a simulation like that, you know, you, you would have to find some way for it to run well in real life. You know, you have this kind of idea where I'm talking to you right now over this, over, uh, this chat thing here. Um, I know that. And so it's in our reality. It's in our Mm -hmm. shared reality. Right. Um, However, you know, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you did at 9am today. Like, yeah. Could that real? Like, I don't know. I mean, to me, 
the only thing that's truly real to me is everything that I experience and I connect with in everyday life. Now, okay, so here goes the next part. It's probably trying to connect this all together. Um, so when you have this huge simulation like that, and if you know that in your brain that everything is your reality that you experience, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in a simulation, it kind of have to do the same thing, I'd imagine, in a, in a weird way. And so the simulation would probably cut corners and kind of um, to run smoother and, you know, cut corners and try to make it run as well as it should. And with that whole cutting corners, that's probably where you'd get all these different uh, spooky stuff, you know, oh, all the yeah. things that kind of mismatch with normal, what you would think should be happening. Glitches um, in the matrix. Yeah, exactly. And that's where we go. Um, I don't have any awesome, amazing stories. Well, I mean, um, it, it is. Really, I have one thing. Um, well, go, ahead. go ahead. It is. So I, in college, I, I lived and worked at a Jewish Jewish synagogue um, at the temple back in Iowa. And um, the temple had great security set up. They had these alarm systems that they would have motion sensing alarms and whatnot. And so my, I had a kind of a hidden apartment above the temple. And so occasionally the alarms would go off, but you know, there'd be a reason why it would go off. You know, I, I'd find out, I'd go downstairs and I'd, and I'd be like, oh, it's storming. So something must have hit the building and blah, blah, like that went off that way. Or, oh, it's windy. And maybe I, some window was left open and a door slammed shut. You know, perfect explanation. However, there was one night where, um, the, you know, I was dating a girl at the time. And we were upstairs sleeping. And it was one in the morning. And all of a sudden, I heard this huge alarm go off. It was the alarm for the building, for the security system. I was like, ah, here we go again. Um, so I, I told her, I was like, hey, stay here. Um, I'm going to go check out what's going on. Obviously, you know, I the cops were called, all that stuff. So I had met with the officers downstairs um, and we walked through the building. Now, I lived above the kitchen, the big kitchen area, right? So whenever all the ladies would be cooking something on the weekends, I'd have the best, the best smelling apartment. Um, <laughs> but there was a, a school wing that was attached to the building. Uh, there was an upstairs and a downstairs. So you would walk basically from the kitchen. You would have to walk through the uh, community hall and which is connected to the sanctuary. And then you could uh, walk kind of through the other side of the building, which is like the main lobby. And then past the lobby was a school wing. So at the other end of the building, there's an upstairs and you could also walk downstairs, go to another floor. Now, the alarm actually came from the very corner alarm system and the opposite side of the building and the bottom uh, part of the school wing. And so when the officers came, you know, they, they had their flashlights, you know, drawn or like searching all the rooms because the temple had actually been broken in before, mm -hmm. into before by drunks that were uh, from the local bars nearby. Now, so I was like, all right, well, maybe somebody broke in, but you know, you'd think that if somebody broke in, there'd be a noise and I lock all the doors at night. Like I make sure that's my job. You know, I make sure the whole building's secure, all that kind of thing. Uh, so I walked with the officers in the building, made sure nobody was there, not a peep, not a sound. And they just kind of dismissed it as maybe a, the wind or something, or maybe some weird happenstance. Okay, great. So I walk upstairs and like, you know, just whatever, going to go back to bed. Okay. So the officers left 20 minutes later, uh, 
the alarm goes off again and it's a second alarm down there, a different alarm. So I'm like, great, this is amazing. Obviously there's something in the place that somebody was hiding or whatever and now I'm gonna die, obviously. So then the um, officers came back and they looked around, couldn't find anything. Okay, Um, so our alarm system was set up where that would page the actual security uh, company, Mm -hmm. come out and take a look at everything. So after the officers left a second time, probably half an hour later, the security officer showed up and I, I was outside walking the walking the building and the building wasn't really in a nice area either of town. It was kind of like halfway in what you'd call the ghetto B area and halfway in like super old money area. Um, and so I kind of had to be careful then. Um, but as I was walking inside the building with the security guy, um, I just got this, this super crazy feeling walking in that area, like something was going on and it spooked me like really badly. And I was like, all right, well, obviously nothing's here and we're not going to find anything. So, um, thanks for coming out. And I saw him off, locked the doors and walked back through the spooky, spooky sanctuary and community room back upstairs in my apartment and, uh, set the alarm system again. And I just, you know, was like, oh, I hope nothing else happens. I hope nothing else happens. And that's nothing else happened, but that's kind of the spookiest thing that's ever happened to me, really. Oh, God, I thought you were going to say it went off again. No. I, I bet um, your girlfriend was scared. She, Yeah, she was. And, you know, I, I'd had several people over, and it's happened before, but every other time it's kind of explained. Mm-hmm. And that specific time just happened to be the one time that, you know, I couldn't figure out anything what was going on. And, and I've heard doors slam before, but I always, you know, my scientific mind attributes it to the wind or something like that. Um, and I know it's an old building and everything, but being in a huge building like that by yourself, definitely you get the creep sometimes. Oh yeah. Um, especially when it's all black and I, I would carry this lantern around and like some knives that I had sharpened at work. I used to work <laughs> as a, a cutter at, um, at a local grocery store. And so I'd have these mini machete things I'd carry with me just in case. You never know. You never know. Just in case. Um, definitely spooky. But I I never really knew what that was. So that's really my only scary story. But yeah, I, I don't know about the simulation thing. Um, well, well it's keeping, definitely... keeping the simulation possibility in mind, would you say the ghosts are acceptably real? yeah with within that theory it definitely presents an explanation for everything like that every all the weird happenstances that happen definitely i I have to agree i mean i'm gonna go out i'm this is like this is the first time i've actually ever said i believe in ghosts but i think in this in this scenario where we have some of our smartest people on the planet saying it's more likely than not that we are in a simulation in that scenario, I will say ghosts are acceptably real. And with that, I guess we could bring this one to a close. Yeah. Pretty (laughs) spooky stuff. Pretty spooky stuff. What do you think everyone? Do you think this makes sense? Do you think we're just talking about mumbo jumbo? What do you think about the simulation theory? And have, Um, do you have any great ghost stories you can share with us in the comments? That would be interesting. And with that, why don't you join us next week where we will actually be talking about monsters. Until then, 
This is Jerry. This is Joe. Signing off. Bye, everyone. Hey, thanks again for downloading and listening to our podcast. If you liked it, please consider going to the podcast nexus of your choice, be it iTunes, Google Play, or I don't know, the Illuminati podcast review triangle, and give us a favorable review. That would both help us and encourage us to keep this up. Also, if you're into Twitter or Facebook or Reddit or Tumblr or LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Oh, why not? LinkedIn, too. Share us out there, if you would. To make it easy for you to do that, we have these little clickety things on our website. It makes it really easy for you. So, seriously, we appreciate it if you do that. So, thanks. And don't forget to visit us over at acceptablyreal.com. Acceptably Real.